Welcome to our live stream gathering here from Barn Hartville. And I might, I might have that line down yet <laughs> before it's time to meet again. I'm going to probably welcome people into the church. Yeah, welcome here to Barn Hartville. Yeah, I can see that coming. Uh, Charity, hey, listen, thanks so much for leading us into worship this afternoon. Uh, I'll confess there was a bit of technology going on on our in the back end here, but your worship was uh, was being enjoyed by more than a few, right? Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah, so hey, listen, if you're listening in on uh, YouTube, uh, Charity Let Us in Worship on Facebook Live at 1.30 p.m. If you missed it, uh, you can still catch a recording of our worship um, session in the Vineyard Church Facebook site. That's where it'll be posted. We're glad that you've joined us. Um, you can contribute, as we've said, uh, your questions and comments in the Facebook Live chat. I think there's some capability there with YouTube as well, but you know we're a little stretched thin for <laughs> resources in terms of maintaining all of that and overseeing it. Um, today marks the, f the second in a series of six messages that we're doing uh, through this season of Lent. And uh, it comes from that word Lenten. We, you gave me a bad time when I used this word last time. But it's a term that's rooted, uh, that refers to spring. It's a time in our year when the, the, when the winter season suddenly erupts with the new life of spring. Uh, it didn't look like that this morning, did it? <laughs> no, we've still got snow out there. Not, not here in Barnardville. Um, yeah, I got up this morning. It was still dark when I got up this morning. That tells you a little bit of something when I'm getting up on Sunday mornings. Um, but the snow was falling, and I... <laughs> I thought it was a, a weird reflection of the moon on the back deck, and I realized pretty quickly uh, that it wasn't the moon reflecting on the back deck. It was snow reflecting off the top of the deck. It was awesome. So say hello. Say something to people, because after all, that's why they're here. They're here to hear Debbie. <laughs> <laughs> they're not here to hear me, but anyhow. Hi. So you got people saying hi there. Hi, Debbie Taylor, and... Barbara Bambrick and, and Anita. Yeah, you're all, we're starting to see some of your comments up there. Yeah, throw, throw your names up there, guys. Say hello to one another. Uh, we expect there to be, you know, you can chat back and forth to one another. You can, yeah, right? Like, it can be noisy. <laughs> Please be noisy. <laughs> noisy with chat. Yeah, yeah, we like that. Yeah, like a typical Sunday morning in the church. <laughs> <laughs> trying to... Everybody's, you know, I, uh, man, are we going to be, is it going to be a, an exciting time when we get to gather physically again? But uh, it's always been a great time when we get together. Yeah. Um, you know, spirits elevated, spirits lifted up. Uh, you know, we're just going to pray that God's going to touch us, uh, you know, this afternoon exactly that way. Um, yeah, it isn't uh, strange times, but, you know, it's the kind of times that <laughs> that was your sheet dropping off the side, I can see. I'm following yet. I'll tear that off. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm not distracted at all. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it's always a it's a great great and wonderful time. It's a time that's uh, seeing as kind of embracing this online technology. Sometimes I'd like to really embrace it, but uh, not the people that are on it. It's just like trying to get that message out. Sometimes a bit of a challenge. But yeah, listen, that time of year, whether you're, as we said last week, man, you're, you're five, you're 52, you're 95, it doesn't matter. Jesus is always at work to raise up this newly creative and restorative, working out of his purposes in our lives and through our lives into this world around us. 
Yeah. Oh boy, even today, you know, at Costco and I. You were at Costco today on a uh, Sunday. It was a lot of places before this. Oh no. But um, but yeah, just sharing with someone just about how even today how God is just just when you hope not you think but you hope you're done with a lot of healing God goes deeper it's just like oh oh in you personally yeah oh you mean like like physical or your oh your attitude never my attitude (laughs) never attitude (laughs) <laughs> Never. Well, say hello to some people. We got Bonnie. I can see Bonnie and Courtney on there. Aurora. Good Hi, to Cheryl. see them. And Cheryl. Cheryl. Chase, BC. Cheryl and Kenner and Chase, BC. What a great place. I got a lot. We got. I got lots of memories from Chase, BC as a kid. Um, my sisters would know about some of those those memories. Good memories. Great memories, actually. Um, Listen, you know, why are, why are we here? Why do, why do we push through this mud that is technology and online and all this goofiness of stuff? And even when that isn't there, sometimes it does feel like you're pushing through mud. It's just that we're more aware, probably more appreciative of the things that we used to have in terms of freedoms. <laughs> but, but listen, we're here to strengthen and encourage you in the season. Let's, let's be that to one another. Let's be an encouragement and a strength to one another. Um, we want you to know that God isn't done with you. He isn't done with me. Certainly not done with Debbie, as we've heard. <laughs> he isn't done with any one of us. He's always at work to bring about a, a restorative work in our souls. And I think that, you know, when you start talking about the heart, like what's going on in our heart and our attitudes, you know, that's, that's, that can be a revelation of what's going on in our soul. We're going to talk about something today. Um, there can be an outward working, too, that shows up when things aren't right in our life, oh, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, like these things can physically manifest in our life. But listen, through the season of Lent, we're going to be hanging our hats on David's declaration, right? Uh, and his prayer from the 23rd Psalm. Uh, and he uses it, and we're using that for the theme for this Lenten series, Psalm 23.3. Okay, says, for those who've listened, what is it? I know Dave always says, so Debbie. You got to shout so it to what everybody is it? Else. Yeah. Well, <laughs> he restores my soul. That, oh, I was going to offer coffee to the first person that got it right. Oh, no, you were. I was going to take him for coffee. Oh, good. Well, maybe that'll be a question later. We'll see if anybody was really listening. <laughs> Yeah, I gotta get a coffee for listening. Um, today, I'm actually excited about today, and I, I don't know where this thing is gonna land because, you know, you basically refuse to write down any notes, <laughs> so I have to. <laughs> you, you gotta be in our house, pre-prep of this stuff, and I, I do write notes sometimes, but sometimes uh, I just wing it. And Dave is a note taker, and. Boy, oh boy, I think I stretched my husband a lot. You know, when you go to Costco, it's a good idea to have notes, like, you know, a list that you work off of. But isn't it interesting? You go into Costco to buy a few things, and you come out with like a shopping cart full of things, and you wonder, how did that happen? (laughs) And I did ask my daughter, I said, do you need anything? (laughs) Well, I did a lot of shopping for her. So, yeah, <laughs> so moving off of shopping and uh, focusing on our pursuit of healing. Uh, listen, it's a pursuit that, that I hope is going to lead all of us to an encounter with Jesus, our healer. And with it, uh, a summons from Jesus that calls us all to 
fully embrace him and to embrace a lifelong commitment to repentance and change, which is part of the Lenten season. Um, I mean, I basically, if you got those two things, you package them all up together, you pretty much are going to have the essence of today's message uh, that we want to encourage you with. Through Lent, we're, we're visiting important stories in Jesus' journey to the cross. And we want to remember Jesus' loving determination to follow his Father's revealed will throughout his life among us. And it was a single-mindedness single -mindedness that Jesus had. I mean, he was, he was pretty quiet in terms of scriptures from what we know of in his life. There was a lot of hoopla when he came into the world. You know, the heavens opened up, the yeah. angels burst out in song. Three um, wise yeah. kings. Yeah, lots, lots going on. And then it goes quiet in the narrative. Uh, we hear a little bit when he's a, he's a younger boy in his first trip to the, to the temple. Um, that's a great story. Well, we're not going to go there. But then you don't see much until he bursts onto the scene. But he's, he has a single-mindedness in the ministry of Christ, a single-mindedness uh, that is leading him into conflict with spiritual and worldly powers and into his eventual crucifixion, which is something we celebrate. Uh, that sounds kind of weird, but it is something that we celebrate that his journey to the cross uh, is important for the salvation of all of our souls. And now through the, through the practice of communion, we are, we, are, we are listening to, we're heeding Christ's command to remember him every time we gather. And we are practicing his promise of presence through the celebration of Eucharist, right? Do you, yeah. Did you get that? Did you understand what I'm saying? We're practicing... I, you're supposed to say that louder. Yeah, I get it, Dave. Yeah, get off the subject. Move on. <laughs> so just as we presented in last week's introductory teaching from Matthew's gospel, God invites us to throw off fear and to remember that, remember his presence, remember his Emmanuel, God with us presence. He is with us always. And that was the thrust of what we brought here last week, you remember. Um, so we're, we're going to encourage you to prepare your own elements at home, your own elements for celebrating communion. If, you don't, if you're not able to do that today, but set it up for next week. And instead of every week that we're coming at this, we're coming at it with a, a little different spin. Uh, those of you who get Vineline or those of you who were on Facebook earlier on, you would have seen a link to a PDF um, that opens us up to the prayer uh, for communion, the celebration of the Eucharist, um, uh, we're gonna we're gonna open up Scripture and invite God's Spirit to awaken our spirits and to breathe His life into us with the wisdom of Jesus. Uh, and you know, and I wanna you know I wanna say like what why put the communion at the front end of things? It's because really this is what we've come to do. We've come to be to be present with Jesus and to remember Him. If we failed to do that in our coming together, like we would have we would have failed terribly, right? Oh, like it's certainly not where we want to land. Anita Van Tassel says, yes. Okay. So if you download a, uh, if you download <laughs> um, that sampling that we gave to you, we have a, we have a, the book of common prayer that we've, that we 
pulled this particular yeah. communion uh, service out of it. This is new for us to pull from this for this particular event. And so there's going to be two readings, and there were been two readings that I share with you. I'm going to read the celebrant reading. And, okay. And you are, that's a, see, this is news for you, right? It sure is. Yeah, see, if we'd had, you know, written things down and had time to plan this. Or if I didn't go to Costco. <laughs> if I didn't go to Costco. But, and then Debbie's going to lead you all in the response. That is everyone. If you want to read the celebrant piece, do that. You know, if you've got a couple of you in the room, maybe one of you want to read the celebrant, one of you want to read the Eucharist. But uh, bear with us here. Uh, so, Jesus, we want to invite you. We so invite you to sojourn with us. Um, we, we pray that the great healer would come and be present with us here today and in the celebration of communion. Um, Lord Jesus, we want to just praise you now, Jesus, for your, uh, for your steadfast presence and, um, and the goodness that you, uh, you loved us so much that, that you, you didn't turn away from the cross, but you looked forward to the cross with certain joy. Um, maybe we just experienced that here today. Hmm. So, we got two elements, right, babes? Do you want to tell us what we've got here? Are you gonna? Am I gonna reach over the mics? <laughs> <laughs> we'll both. We'll both reach out. So we've got. Oh, we got, for us, we've got these little uh, pieces of foam <laughs> <laughs> that melt in your mouth. And it doesn't crunch on the microphone. I don't think they're made out of petroleum. I actually think that they're out of... <laughs> they, say, they say gluten-free. It's a gluten-free product. That <laughs> so it doesn't crack. It's not as dramatic as breaking bread, right? You know? Um, which is what this represents, uh, the body of our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read from the celebrant. Let's stop right there before we get carried away. The table of bread is now to be ready. It's the table of company with Jesus and all who love him. It's the table of sharing with the poor of the world with whom Jesus identified himself. It's the table of communion with the earth in which Christ became incarnate. So come to this table, you who have much faith, and you who would like to have more. You have been here often, and you have not been for a long time. There may be some of you where this has been a long time since you've been to the table. You've tried to follow Jesus, and you've failed. He says, come. It's Christ who invites us to meet with him here. Loving God, through your goodness, we have the bread and the wine to offer, mm -hmm. which has come from the earth yes. and human hands have made. May we know your presence in the sharing so that we may know your touch and presence in all things. We celebrate the life that Jesus has shared among his community through the centuries and shares with us now. Made one in Christ and one with each other, we offer these gifts with them ourselves a single act of praise. Amen. Amen.
Amen. I'm referencing out of 1 Corinthians, Paul writes, he says, on the night when he was betrayed, that is the Lord Jesus, he took some bread and he gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and said, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which has given for you, preserve your body and soul unto ever, ever, everlasting life. Life. <laughs> In the same way, Jesus took the cup of wine after supper, saying, This is the cup of the new covenant between God and his people. An agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this in remembrance of me as often as you drink it. So the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, which was shed for you, preserve your body and soul unto everlasting life. Nita writes, I'm so happy to be having communion with everyone today. Yeah, thank you, Lord. I agree. Thank you, Lord. It's a, it's a declaration and a, a praise offering before God. We thank you, Lord, for the body of Christ. And, and Jesus, we pray for one another that you would indeed strengthen us, body and soul. You come uh, and really just, I pray, watch over us and deliver us, Lord God. Uh, we, we pray, let your kingdom come in one another's lives. Let it come bring restoration and healing in us and in our families, Lord God, in the world around us, we pray. Amen. Amen. So throughout this uh, Lenten series, are you getting ready? Are you gonna oh, read? I'm getting ready. Yes. Deb's going to share with us. Um, so a series of scriptures is taken from the fifth chapter of John's gospel. Um, it's, I leave it in your hands. So John 5, verses 1 through 15. Afterward, Jesus returned to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish holy days. Inside the city, near the Sheep Gate, was a pool of Bethesda, with five covered porches. Crowds of sick people, blind, lame, and paralyzed, lay on the porches. One of the men laying there had been sick for 38 years. When Jesus saw him, and he had been ill for a long time, he asked him, Would you like to get well? I can't, sir, the sick man said, for I have no one to put me in the pool. When the water bubbles up, someone else always gets there ahead of me. Jesus told him, stand, rise, pick up, and take your mat and walk. Instantly, the man was healed. He rolled up his sleeves, sleeping mat and began walking. But this miracle happened on a Sabbath. So the Jewish leaders objected. They said to the man who was cured, you can't walk on a Sabbath. The law doesn't allow you to carry that sleeping mat. But he replied, The man who healed me told me, Pick up your mat and walked. Who said such a thing as that? They demanded. The man didn't know, for Jesus had disappeared into the crowd. But afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and told him, Now you are well, so stop sinning, or something else worse may happen to you. Then the man went and told the Jewish leaders that it was Jesus who healed him. <laughs> I just want to bring one, one little clarity to what you wrote there. Uh, the, the religious leaders said, you can't work on the Sabbath. 
What did I say? You said walk. He's allowed to walk. <laughs> I was wondering when I read it, what, you're not allowed to walk on the Sabbath. Of course, if you, you know, if you were Asian, you, you can't use your walk on the Sabbath. No, no, that doesn't say anything. Okay, whatever. <laughs> it was good. Yeah, for any of you just listening, not reading along, you, you might have caught that. Yes, you can't. It was a test. Work. <laughs> it was a test. But great. Uh, what a remarkable story, eh? Like, doesn't it, uh, you know, doesn't it conjure up all kinds of things in your life? So, like, how many years was that guy lying around? Thirty-seven, eight. Thirty-eight, yeah, I think 38. thirty-eight years. That—that that is a while. Uh, that is a while for those of you into numbers. I have no idea what that means. It just means a long time. <laughs> That's like, like forty years would be like the the lifetime of one generation, sort of biblically speaking. So, yeah. I mean, that is a long time. And, you know, what I find remarkable about the story and that is so promising to, to us, really, is that Jesus seeks us out, right? He sought this guy out. He seeks us out to bring complete restoration and to heal us. That's, that's what I get out of the narrative of this story. The, door, the story does continue. Um, and the story goes on to talk about the reaction from the religious leaders. This idea that, that Jesus would actually do a good work on Sabbath. He had a couple of occasions where they got all worked up about that. <laughs> Talk about a bunch of religious nonsense. Um, I mean, I could get into all of the theology of that, but, but here it is on Sabbath. <laughs> the first thing that's attractional to the religious leaders about this guy, never mind the fact that he's been lying around for 38 years. What are you doing walking around with a, a bed mat in your hands? Don't you know that that's against the Sabbath rule? <laughs> It's like, maybe they didn't recognize him, but hey, listen, they, they were all bent and twisted up about following rules and regulations, 613 of them in any ways that they'd added, you know, to help us follow the book of law. And, and they're missing it. They're missing the kingdom. This guy has been lame. He's been crippled for 38 years. And, and all they can talk about is the fact that he's carrying a bedroll around <laughs> with him. And, and I actually think that, that, I think that Jesus wanted him to catch the to pick up that bedroll and walk with it. If he hadn't had the bedroll, maybe not an incident, right? But he created it an incident and said, pick up that bedroll and walk away with it. It's fantastic. So listen, do you, do you believe this? Do you, do you believe that Jesus seeks us out to bring complete restoration and to heal us? Is, is that something that crosses your mind day over day? Do you think about that? No. No. Okay. But I do, I do know it. I think I just live it, and then yeah. Well, if, we we have experienced this, right? We have uh, yeah. travailing for healing. Like you know, there's you know, you get to be our age. There's always some <laughs> creak or ache or groan, and you're laying a hold of that scripture that claims that He will renew my youth. He will. The scripture promises that. <laughs> He renews. Uh, do you believe it? Throughout our scriptures, numerous times, Israel's God revealed himself as Jehovah Rapha. And, and the, you know, Jehovah, meaning basically the Lord, uh, Rapha, which means who heals. That's how he reveals himself. That's how he revealed himself in the Old Testament. God the Father. He's, he's, the, he's the Lord who heals. And Rapha, it literally means to heal. I love, and I love it. it. It means more than that. It's, it's to make whole, to, uh, to like properly mend by stitching to repair. So something is out of sorts, and Jehovah, Rapha, comes to properly mend and to stitch it and to repair it, to bring it back. 
<laughs> Reminds me of the shorts I have to mend downstairs for Andrew. Oh. <laughs> I know, rabbit trail. Rabbit trail. <laughs> <Gee>. <laughs> well, that's probably good for Andrew, I guess. <laughs> it is. Yeah, so, the, listen, the evidence of God's renewing life force, it's built into us. If you're, if you're in, you know, if you're a nurse, you're a doctor, you're anybody who attends to somebody's health, you know this. You, you know it. It's built into us, and it's built into everything that he's actually created. And now, within all of our physical bodies, we have these built-in systems of immunity that fight sickness, right? That, you know, well, we're supposed to. <laughs> we're supposed to. We're supposed to. Some things have gone amok. Okay, but that, that's been built into us from the beginning of creation. It's been built into every cell of our body. We have mechanisms, and, an, and I believe an inner knowing, right? That knows we were made for something so much more, right? Uh, you know, hopefully we're not just rolling over and accepting our sickness as our lot in life. I don't think God wants that for us. I know he doesn't. Uh, listen, I... I'm convinced that there are people who don't know Christ, who are, who are very much pagans in this world, who believe the same thing. We're going to talk a bit about that today. But every one of us has an inward desire that resists sickness and, and even death. I mean, hold out your hand, okay? Hold out your hand. It's a bit of an exercise, okay? I want you to th think about your hand, because you use your hand a lot, right? Your hands are one of the, probably one of the most used things Everything. that we have. Now, can you locate... Any point? Can you can you point to somebody somewhere in your body that bears some kind of a physical scar? <laughs> you can't see. I'm, I'm looking at one right here. I think that was caused by the cat. But <laughs> I got I got lots of them. I got lots of them. I got lots of them. Um, that's like stitching. Remember we talked about properly. To, you know, Rafa comes in to properly mend by stitching or repairing. That's, that, that represents um, your, one of your biggest organs, actually, which is your, your skin. Your skin, yeah. Yeah, one of the biggest organs in your body that, that, that is, is being physically healed. It's like built into your body. How does your body know to do that? I mean, it's an amazing thing. I betcha. God made it that way. Like it's built into us. The, the longer you live, the more likely you are to sport scars. Yeah, yeah. The more mechanicing you do. <laughs> I'm still healing from that one where the wrench got away from me and I, yeah, clobbered it into the frame of my truck. Um, yeah, it's, it's healing inside. There's a bit of a bump there, but there's, yeah, it's healing inside. <laughs> it's healing on the top. It's healing inside. Uh, you know, where are you pointing to in your body? Do you remember the, you know, looking at that, can you actually remember the exact situation that brought that injury? Yeah, I, 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 could, I can remember that. I can remember this one right here. Oh, okay, there you go. What was that? That was being a little kid and fighting over a toy gun with my brothers, and they threw it at me, and it made a big ding in me. And she's still scared, carrying that scar to this day. And I don't think I got the gun. 50 years, 50 plus years 50 later. 50 plus probably. 55 years later. You're 50 <laughs> years probably. Yeah, thinking yeah, of the age 50. of your son. 50 years later. Uh, uh, I mean, that's a, that can be a metaphor for the issues of the heart too, right? Like there's stuff that, sometimes it's not just our skin that hurts. You know, the sticks and stones will break my bones, but names will never hurt me. 
<laughs> oh yes, they do. Oh yes, they do. Uh, and sometimes those those hurts that we carry uh, are different things. They're like what we call like emotional scars. Um, but listen, you know, when we, as we look at these things, this scar is a reminder of the Creator's genius, this built-in system that is always wanting to promote healing. It's, it's built into us. Physically, we can't deny it. Um, you know, there's, you know, I'm not going to dig too, too deeply in that. But it's the same system uh, that's at work in creation all around us. And, and it's the same design and desire for renewal. Like, the renewing work of God is always, it's always at play. That no matter how bad you think things might be getting, that God is always at work renewing. It's in everything that he does. And, and, and sometimes it's a strength that actually comes, uh, it's a strength that comes to build up our mortal bodies. You, you know that the... Uh, um, there's a term that's called uh, hypertherapy, which is this this idea that that's that's actually what your muscles do. That when you work your muscles out, you actually break them down. Yeah. And and there there's those there's tissue that new tissue that forms around those tears in our muscle to build them up, and it's the very thing that actually strengthens you. I'd taken that out of my notes, but uh, here I am talking about it. There, you know. Uh, that's an encouragement, actually, that God, God can take some of that tearing and He can build around it to make you even stronger than you were before you began. It's kind of like the principle of a healed guitar. Even Andrew's healed violin. Do you remember that time when he was a young boy and he dropped his violin? And I remember it was a fairly expensive violin that he dropped, and it and it really it broke his heart. Really, yeah, it did. Kind of messed him up. He had dropped this thing, split the whole back wide open, and we thought, man, this was it. Uh, we took it to the to the guitar healer dude, <laughs> to the instrument guy. I mean, he took that, he put that thing back together, and it, and there was still a, a seam, a light seam there through it. And he, you know, covered up, did everything he could as good as he could. And you know, the the, the, the actually the violin was flawless. It still it it still played just as sweet. It, actually, it, he said it probably played sweeter. Yeah, and and and. And he said, that is going to be one of the strongest places in, in the makeup of the wood of that instrument since we've done what we've done to it. So I think, you know, there, there's a whole bunch of... Even though it's been a case for 20-some yeah, years. You can, you can pray into that. We're, we keep praying that one day... The, Our the, big six-foot-four guy will pick up violin. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? Why not? So whether you're, well, you're a, whether you're a follower of Christ, a believer, uh, um, whoever you are, we all have this built-in capacity that longs, I believe, longs for healing if we're all really honest with ourselves. The cripple and the pool of Bethesda, is our, it's a case in point, right? The pool of Bethesda uh, was well known to both Jews and pagans as a place of healing. It wasn't just the Jews that hung out there. Located in Jerusalem, just north of the Temple Mount, it, it sits actually unearthed to, the, to this day. Archaeologists have, have unearthed it, and it's there on display. If you've traveled to Israel, no doubt you know exactly what I'm talking about. But both the Jews and the pagans alike regarded it as a sacred site. Uh, at one point in history, it was 
was dedicated um, to, a, to a Greek god, as, as Glepus, I think is how they pronounce this. And, and um, maybe you're familiar with the rod of Glepus. I can't even say it. But it, it's, a, it's like this snake-entwined staff. What does that remind you of? Moses' staff. Well, Moses' staff. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's, you know, it's the staff that's referred to as the symbol of medicine for today. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um, and I, of course, yes, my mind goes back to Moses and the staff and, and the, the healing that, that came about for everybody who looked on that. But John records that crowds, in, in verse 3 of that, of that verse that Deb read, uh, John records that crowds of sick people, blind, lame, or paralyzed, lay on those porches beside the pools. And those crowds represented Jews and pagans alike, laying side by side along the porches adjacent to those pools. Tradition held that they, they waited until the waters would bubble up periodically. And when that happened, there would be a rush for the pool. <laughs> And for the first person... That would be who, a sight, actually. Wouldn't it be a sight? Because everybody running for the pool was lame or, you know, they, they weren't healthy. <laughs> no, they weren't healthy. No. Yeah. Yeah. No, they, they, well, they were, and they were there for a reason, right? But when the, when the bubbles would come up, when the, when the water was stirred... They would rush for the pool, and the first person to get into the pool would be healed. Now, suffice it to say, the shrine uh, wasn't particularly reliable. <laughs> and, and in no doubt, there were some testimonies and some, and some stories of things that happened there. But it's, it's hardly a compassionate picture, is it, towards the man who was just lying there? Or or others like him. Um, I mean, we see a man, what, what do we read into these scriptures? We see a man who is, who is a Jew, likely a Jew, right? But he was friendless and he was without anyone to help him into those waters for 38 years. Wow. Yeah, wow. Uh, now, it might have well been that he had somebody to help him in the early days, right? You know? But maybe his condition, and, and maybe even a, a developing disposition or even a cynicism. I mean, I mean, you don't know. Maybe these kinds of things uh, left him without anyone to come alongside of him. You know? Maybe he's just, you know, he's outlived family and he's out, outlived people that can really take care of him. Yeah, it doesn't tell he's us. He's there. We know he's there. He's crippled. He's somehow made his way there. So whether it's people that, is, that have dropped them off or whatever, and then sometimes that was the case, as we read in different stories. Like the, the, land, the man that laid before the gate beautiful on the way into the temple that was crippled and had spent his, yeah, his life, lifetime, laying before that gate and begging for alms from the people. But standing right in the midst in the story, we find Jesus standing right in the midst of these people. We find Jesus, our healer. And I love to reference him with that. <laughs> and we're, we're looking through the crowds of sick people. 
And then suddenly, you know, you can see Jesus scanning the crowds and he has quickened with the word of knowledge. He has, he's like God's given him an understanding. His father's given him an understanding. He's discerned something about that one, about that one man that he's been ill for a long time, the scripture says. And, and he moves in. And he doesn't, there's not, a long, there's not a big conversation here, is there? He comes in and he asks him, uh, he asked him the one question that really mattered and really hinges on, on his whole interaction with, with the man. He says, would you like to get well? What a, what a, what a question. I was just, I mean, of course we all know this from reading it, but Jesus healed him without doing that dip in the water. Yeah. <laughs> kind of fast-tracked it all, didn't he? <laughs> Uh, you know what's really interesting about this this word? Uh, the Greek of this um, really means, uh, you know, it's just with one word actually. You know, of course, the you know our our, our guy that's um, that's crippled has, has got a whole excuse that he's got nobody to take him. Right? He's by himself, and by the time he could ever get there, you know, everybody's already spilled into the pool. You know, like there's, there's no chance that he, that he can get into those waters. Jesus hears his response. He, 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 yeah, indeed, he wants to get well. But see, he's asking. Jesus is always asking a question to invoke a response. <laughs> he could have said, hey, I'm here to heal you. He could have, he could have you know, he could have just taken over the, he, he could have just not asked anything of the man, not asked him to invite him into the story or, or, or invited him to tell his story to Jesus. But he asked him a question, would you like to get well? And then with one word, Jesus speaks to him. It's the same word that is used through the New Testament to describe the resurrection. Uh, it's with a word, Jesus commands the cripple to rise up. In essence, it's the same word that says, in essence, uh, awaken, rise up. It, healing can hardly be uh, reduced, I'm going to say, to a formula-driven mechanism. Like, you, you might want to run out of here and start, you know, telling everybody to rise up. <laughs> You're coming into contact with, uh, I've, I've seen it done in prayer situations and done them. Yeah, I've just seen it done. I'm going to leave it there. <laughs> and it didn't, you know, it didn't necessarily end as, as well as it could. I, I, I mean, I've seen that. It is not a formula. Jesus has been, Jesus has, has been given a revelation, and he's at work, and he, he's clearly speaking into the man. Um, we see some principles at work, though, don't we? One is, is that Jesus is on a mission with his Father to save and restore. We know that. He came to proclaim the kingdom of God. I mean, that's, that's in essence what he did as soon as the ministry set yeah. out began. He, he was calling people to repentance, too, Right? And proclaiming that the kingdom was at hand. That was like initially out of the gate. That's what he was doing. And part of this included bringing restoration and healing into people's lives. And he just didn't talk about it. He demonstrated it. He's on a, a mission to save and to restore the, the lost and to save this broken word, world that includes us. In part, we, we see a man here amongst a crowd of people, maybe desperate to be healed and revived, 
Maybe, maybe he's at that point where he's just going through the motions because he doesn't know what else to do, right? But not really expecting anything different to happen. <laughs> but he kept showing up. Maybe there was some hope in there somewhere. Jesus is seeking us out. And this is what I, I see when I read this story. Jesus is seeking us out to bring healing for our physical bodies and our souls. I believe that is actively what he's doing and what he's doing through us in terms of the lives of, of one another and others that we have yet to meet yet. Yeah. We all want healing. You know, as I said before, it's, it's like built right into our DNA, you guys. It's built into our spirit and our inner nord. We're, we're, we're made for good. And, and we know that when we're out of sorts, we really are out of sorts and not the way that God is in, in, in intentionally going to leave us. It's not going to waste our situations, but that is, you know, not where he's going to leave us. Believers and unbelievers alike, we, we all want healing. People want healing. And they'll, they'll yeah. pay anything to get it. Just, you don't even want to ask people how much, you know, governments are paying for COVID vaccines these days, right? <laughs> I mean, we're not going to go there. Yeah, we're not going to go there. But in this story, that's not where Jesus wants this to end. He's, he's come, he's asked for healing, and he's received his healing. Some of us, you know, let, let, you know, I've talked about this inner nature. Some of us are driven to lifestyle changes in our diet and our activity to, to bring about health. Some of us think about it. <laughs> I've bought a lot of books. <laughs> yeah, you'd have fun. I just gave them all away because <laughs> I'm always trying to more more for diet wise, exercise wise oh. to bring health. Bonnie's sitting there. I'm thinking about my mom and her eye surgery for cataracts tomorrow. Yeah, we can be praying for your mom. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Um, some of us are seeking medical physicians. There you go. Um, some of us are seeking, uh, like, um, mental therapists. Like, you know, there's mental health as well. Uh, and, and who prescribe, like, corrective medicines and therapies and surgeries to mitigate the effects of things that we're suffering with. Um, some of those measures help. Um, but some of, some of the treatments can make things worse yeah, too. Yeah, we've seen that for sure. Yeah, we've seen that for sure. Yeah. Uh, maybe there is someone listening right now and you have devoted your, uh, you know, your life to new age spirituality to get the relief and healing that you need. I want you to know that Jesus welcomes you. He welcomes all of us to himself to turn toward him and to look at him as the source of our life and healing that we really long for. Maybe you're feeling like the man at the pool of Bethesda who had no one to help him. Jesus comes with compassion to usher in the truth of God's love and, and healing that the man needed. Um, and just as quickly as, as, as the man rose up and and and. Just as he was commanded by Jesus, he picked up his bedding and began to walk. In, in, the, in, the, in the moment of that, in the capture of that, Jesus walks away. That work's done. <laughs> he didn't stick around. He, did, he wasn't looking to form a crowd around himself to make a big deal out of everything. He walks away and he disappears through the crowds that he had just 
been walked through, right? He disappears through the crowds of people. Being found by the religious leaders, the the man who was a cripple was harassed, as I said, about carrying around a sleeping sleeping mat on the Sabbath. But afterwards, uh, the scripture says, afterwards, Jesus found the cripple inside the temple. Now, I don't know if he was still carrying his bedding around in the temple, but Jesus found the cripple inside the temple. I think he was looking for him again. He wasn't done with him. And you know what's really cool about this is, of course, Jesus had to be in his father's house, right? About his father's business. But he was about his father's business even on his way to the temple. Yeah. Um, but isn't it like Jesus defined the cripple, uh, think about this, in the very place where he very well would have long been forbidden to even enter. That's true. Yeah, I'm not going to unravel all of the mystery of that. It's like it's why we found the, you know, the lame man at the gate called Beautiful outside of the temple. He wasn't the, you know, wasn't allowed to go in. Um, Jesus said, had not only healed and restored the cripple to fully move about. But the merciful touch of God had also restored him to enter into a new life of impossibilities that are about to be realized, right? Uh, You know, he did more than heal him. He restored him. He he restored him uh, into community with people. And importantly, and he restored him and gave him an ability to enter into the worship in the house of Israel's father and, and and in the company of all of God's people. Like he restored, in a sense, uh, that place of intimacy and worship that all of uh, the Israelites uh, longed for, to be in the temple of the Lord where the presence of God was said to dwell. God came to bring and does come to bring so much more Jesus seeks all of us out and he comes alongside of us. All of us, saints and sinners alike, he he comes alongside all of us to heal and to restore. But he does more than just heal our bodies, doesn't he? He, Yeah, he heals the outward body, heals the inward body, heals the mind. He heals, restores relationships. Relationships. He he brings restoration in a a whole lot of areas. Uh, finding the man, Jesus issues this stunning prescript, though, doesn't he? Oh, now that you are well. <laughs> it's good to see you here in the house of God. Now that you are well, stop sinning. <laughs> That's prescriptive. Or something even worse may happen to you. So already we, we know some things. And, you know, I don't, this is not a negative thing that he's inviting him to. He's been very direct with him. And uh, you notice that Jesus didn't have to spell it out, right? I, th- I think he would have known full well what was going on in his Probably. life. Yeah? I am sure. Yeah. Jesus calls all of us out. He calls all of us into a restored relationship with him. Jesus calls all of us into a committed and a repentant living 
out of this newly created life of possibilities. Do you think of your life as being filled with still possibilities? What a great thought, right? Yeah, it is. What a, what a, yeah. you know, imagine his possibilities have changed from, from just trying to get to the pool to what do I do now? Like my whole world has changed, radically changed. You know, maybe even maybe even how I make a living is. I was changed. just thinking that too. Now I have to look for work. Who's <laughs> gonna? He changes everything. He he calls us into a committed and a repentant living, living out of those possibilities, and to give us a resurrected foretaste. And I say a a foretaste. We get a foretaste in our lives of the life that is to come. A life that awaits us on the other side of, of death even. But we get to taste it here. We get to taste the, the presence of God here. We get to enjoy it on this side of that. Not all of our sicknesses, not all of our diseases are directly associated with a particular sinful activity in our life. And I want to say that. Because at the front, we did say that sometimes there's this outward working or inward working yeah. in our body that can come out of things that are out of line with what God wants yeah. for our lives, right? Um, you know, but there are plenty of examples in the Bible where sin isn't the cause of this. So one of them is the, the man that's born blind out of John chapter 9, um, you know, the they come across a man who's born blind and the disciples come to Jesus and said, you know, whose sin caused it was the mother of the father. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You know, and of course, Jesus said to them, he says, uh, it wasn't because of the sins of his parents, but Jesus said, this has happened so that the power of God could be seen in him. And then he goes about to heal the blind man who's never seen since birth. It is a creative miracle. I mean, it isn't just about opening the eyes. It's about, it's about fixing the brain, the ability for the brain to actually become fully mature and, and actually understanding what it is that the eyes are communicating Because it's a new to. world to be but able to see, right? It is a, it is, yeah. That is like radical. That is radical yeah. healing. Complete and utter healing. But see, it is the very nature of God and His Son to bring the fullest revelation of our Father who loves us. And part of that restoration process is to fully reveal himself as Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals us. Or, you know, our son Josiah, our grandson Josiah. Right. The Lord, my healer, right? Yeah. Yeah, and you know, there's a, there's a crazy testimonial story right there. Yeah, from birth, right? Yeah. Crazy. So we're going we're gonna to wrap some things up, but uh, uh, just I wondered about testimony. Like, you know, where, where do we want to go with that? Do we want to, is there some of your journey? Do we, do we want to talk a bit about Josiah's journey? Because that's... Oh, Josiah's, I'll cry. Okay, well, let's do that then. <laughs> <laughs> So, so Josiah is our, you know, firstborn grandchild, yep. right? Yep. Uh, the oldest of, of five grandchildren. Um, yeah, it's funny that we're we're going here, but it, it actually is fitting, I think, that yeah, we go I think here. So. Um, Josiah's name is literally means uh, the Lord my healer, right? Or the Lord heals me. It's uh, 
it's it's like an active name. And the kids, the kids, both Justin and Jocelyn, gave him that name for a reason. Yeah, they did. It was. Do you want to share a bit of that? I don't remember. I just know that they just really prayed about it, and that's what. Well, so let's talk a bit about his birthing process because. Do you want me to go into detail? Well, I I'm not. don't know that you want to go into all of the medical Yeah, Jocelyn, you know, she is her... This is her firstborn? Her first her, child, right? Her first child, yeah. Uh, our third child. <laughs> Who are we talking about now? Jocelyn. Jocelyn, our thirdborn child, but she's giving birth to her first... To her first, first child. <laughs> Anyhow. Okay. She, she, Gone into labor, um, having a, a long, many hours and a dickens of a time delivering. And there's a place where Josiah was stuck. You know, they yeah. tried hard. They used... Yeah, he, was, he was too far down the birthing canal to... To do a C-section. To do a C-section. Like, there was no alternative, right? So. Yeah. So, you know, they had equipment pulling them out. They had human hands trying to pull them out. They were just... Uh, yeah, they're totally at a... Yeah. Totally at a standstill, right? Yeah. And poor Jossie, she went to... A, I've never heard of or whatever, but just a horrific uh, time yeah. that she herself had to go through. So both of them were in the, in the birthing room together, both mom and dad and their doctor. Um, it was a pretty critical situation, and this is a this is a pediatrician doctor who's given birth, who's delivered many many children over uh, extended years. Um, in the end, uh, um, well, actually, the, the truth was is that when Josiah was born, he wasn't breathing, right? And no. he hadn't been breathing for an extended period of time, like minutes. Um, and there was really quite a, a lot of commotion around him in terms of trying to get him yeah. to respond and breathe again. Um, and you know, and, and you know, if we're honest about that, we, you know, we talk about it as grandparents and parents. Um, we know that that process actually was hard on his little person too. Uh, you know, it's still, yeah, it 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 left some marks in his in his spirit as well. That, yeah. And yeah. Yeah. So it was a it was a struggle. But the point you know the point of it is is that Josiah was resuscitated. And um and mom the and whole dad. the whole time while they were working over the yeah, yeah. The whole time they were working over their child, mom and dad were praying. Praying together. You know, Justin's still on the birthing table and and uh Justin beside her, they were praying for the doctors and the nurses and for their firstborn son, um, and he did recover. And you know what is extraordinary about this, and it shows so much about the character of our children, uh, when the doctor came to visit the kids upstairs and check in on Josiah and see how they were doing, um, that, that particular doctor had a, had a very weak moment in all of that. And he and Just, Justin kind of <laughs> took him outside into the hallway where they talked and um, you know, he is, you know, the, pro the profession out of the doctor's mouth is that he was ready to quit. He was, he just, he couldn't imagine himself going through that kind of situation again. Never experienced that in his life. Um, you know, and I can't, I can't imagine that he hasn't experienced a few things. Um, and Justin took that time to speak into his life and to pray for him. And I think, well, what an, an, an amazing event, how God will 
turn around and and work them for good. And yeah. uh, crazy life crisis situation, obviously, but but God um, came through and and very appropriately, the kids, you know, named their child yeah. Josiah, which you know, the Lord my healer. Um, it's going to be a testimony that they get to share. Oh, for they do. Jo- Josiah will have it. Yeah. And so, you know, yeah. like God goes to extraordinary means in our lives to rescue us. Um, um, he has purposes for us to live out here on the earth that are good. Yeah. You know, he really wants to put his goodness and his love on display. And even in situations that are hard and difficult, um, God, God is always showing himself faithful. We may not get all of the results that we're looking for on this side of the cross and this side of, of death and life that is to come, but we're always to be inviting the kingdom of God to come and, and, and to be tasting, to be enjoying a foretaste of, of God's goodness here in our life. Um, I'm aware that there are numbers of you um, in our fellowship and in our... Uh, uh, in our circles of family and friends, who, um, who yourself are, uh, you know, have your own have physical struggles and other struggles that are going on in your life, and and I and I believe I, I you know I'm gonna I, I've shared already at least in kind to uh, one or more that you know I've been quite moved that uh, that God wants to come. Uh, you know, he really wants to demonstrate himself in goodness and kindness and 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 bring about a, a deeper healing and restoration work in you, in your lives, uh, in the lives of your loved ones around you. Um, we've been praying for that. You know, we've we've been meeting. Uh, there's you know, there's a couple of groups that meet through this through the week and and pray together. Yeah. We've got some intercessors that. Uh, a small group of intercessors that have been praying for this church for a long time. You and I have started up a community prayer group. That you are absolutely welcome to join. You can find out more about that on, on the Facebook site, or you can email Deb and invite yourself into a Zoom meeting. But, uh, what nights are we doing that? That's a Wednesday night. Yeah. Yeah. 6.45, we gather, and 7, we get more serious about prayer. It's just an hour. But it's it's good. It's yeah. It's just... Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, and, and, you know, there's groups of men that are praying. There are groups of women in other spaces that are praying. Many of you are praying together. But we are seeing God answer prayers um, over the phones, you know, yeah. through long distances. We're, we're encountering, uh, you know, the Spirit of God working and living and moving. Jesus is our healer. And uh, wherever we are, Jesus is with us. So, hmm, that must mean the healer is always in our midst. Um, we're just going to pray f- for you generally right now. Yeah. Um, we want to pray for uh, Jennifer, yeah. for Bonnie's mom, who's yeah. going to who's facing cataract surgery tomorrow. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, and there's some personal situations I can't speak to that uh, need some prayer. And that and uh, but we're going to be praying. We're not going to be doing that necessarily here. But let's why don't we pray for Jennifer. Uh, if there's anything, folks, that you have on your mind uh, that you want us to pray into, then by all means, uh, you know, push that out <laughs> into the chat box if you want to share it there. Um, you know, uh, it is a 
you know, it's a Facebook private group, which is 173 members. So <laughs> if they're reading that chat, you got 173 people that might just join on with us as we pray. But uh, let's pray. So, Father, we, we want to, we first of all, um, bless all of the homes and the families that are represented here yeah. uh, with us today, those who are listening in afterwards. Um, you know, first, Jesus, can we get it into our... Uh, into our our spirit, to our core, that we are not alone. Yeah. Uh, none of us are alone yet. We have you, Jesus, and I believe we have one another. Um, we have the, this beautiful thing called your church family. Um, we have members in Christ who who know a thing or two about suffering, but who themselves have seen God time after time. Have stories themselves of of the God who who breaks in and who restores lives. Um, we invite uh, you, Jesus, to come in a new and a fresh outpouring and measure through this season. Uh, we pray for a, a renewal in our spirits, uh, a desire in our hearts, Lord God, that uh, that turns to you, that seeks you out. Um, we pray for the leading of the Holy Spirit um, who sanctifies us, who, brings, who ushers in change in our life, who who brings decision upon decision, who knows exactly the right questions to ask, and who knows when we just need comfort and not a lot of words. You're that kind of God, Lord. You you are the great comforter. Will you just come? You just know exactly what to say and to do. And where you lead us out, will you lead us out in the way that, that you lead us out? Will you, you, will you bring revelation and knowledge um, that informs our prayers, that informs our actions, Lord? that gives us courage to say and do the things that need to be said. Yeah, we just right now lift up Jen to you and yeah. her surgery tomorrow, and we just ask that just your peace reign over her. Yep. You guide the surgeon's hands, and God, that it be a real quick recovery yeah. and what she's walking through. And yeah. yeah, and I just even think of uh, Amanda Kane right now, who is three days overdue. <laughs> And, and feeling like and fifth, ready 50 to have days old. So God, I pray yes, Jesus. for uh, <laughs> baby to come. Yeah. And just that it not be a horrendous, laborious time. That this be quick and easy and just so full of joy for her. And yeah, 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 yeah. And and for those of you who um, who have got. Uh, suffering and struggles going on in your in your families. We, we pray the we pray the presence and the peace of God to yeah. just come. Uh, we pray for um, just uh, uh, for doors of communication and understanding to to uh, uh, come and bring reconciliation even uh, yeah. in those spaces and healing. Um, uh, we pray for the joy of the Lord which is your inheritance as, as saints and believers in Christ. Pray for the joy of the Lord uh, j just to, to, uh, to be pressed down into your spirit and into your lives yeah. uh, and, and filled to overflowing. We pray this and we ask this in Jesus' name. Yeah, amen. And amen. I just wanted to say too, if yeah. you've got stuff that you don't want to put on the chat here and you would like us to pray for you for oh, during boy. our Wednesday prayer time, please write either Debbie at KamloopsVenue.com or David at KamloopsVenue.com and we'll make sure yeah. we lift you up. 
Yeah, and you know, listen, we've got we've got lots of great prayer warriors in the church. So if there are other situations that we need to just you know open up venues for praying, uh, there's certainly lots that we can do online. And yeah. uh, you reach out to us uh, to either info at camlipsvineyard.com or Debbie at camlipsvineyard.com. One uh, of us. Yeah, one of us. You'll yeah. reach us. Go to our website. You'll there's all kinds of uh, contact venues for you to get at us. Yep. So anyways, we love you guys and. Uh, we just want you to be so encouraged. Um, uh, Jesus, your healer, my healer, our healer, he's, he's in your life. He's, he's present. Yeah. Uh, and uh, he so wants to uh, continue to reveal himself in that way to us. Amen? Amen. Time to let people go. Be on their day. Yeah, be on your day. Be on your game. Enjoy your, your dinners. <laughs> be well <laughs> hey, love you guys sure miss you sure miss you